In a culture of people focused on self-glorification, personal gain, and Instagram over experiences, to truly serve God, love people, and tell your own story, well that, that is living boldly. Over these next few minutes, we want to explore what living for God in this crazy culture looks like and how we can daily make that choice to live bold. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast, everybody. I hope you are having a great time. It is the season to have hot cocoa, and that's what Christian's got across the mic from me that's today. That's right. You, you already know. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. My name is Harold, and I've got Christian sitting 100,000 miles away, it seems like, but on the other side of the mic. How are you doing today, <laughs> my man? Doing good, just uh, getting stuff ready for our youth group Christmas party. So I've been in the Christmas spirit all day. <laughs> Ooh, hey, that's a that's a good place to be, uh, holly jolly, if you would, if you want to call it that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I've been kind of, I don't know if I get, I, I'm not a big like Christmas spirit guy. That sounds bad. I've been in the winter spirit though <laughs> a lot lately because yesterday we got a good couple, probably three four inches of snow, and it was just really yeah, nice. we did too and fluffy and it wasn't terribly cold but it was just felt like winter it felt like going out and having fun in the snow and so yeah i understand where you're coming from i feel that except <laughs> the the snow here is always wet yeah we, you know it's the pacific northwest but no <laughs> we have wet snow a lot uh too but this this snow's been nice and powdery and really fun to play in so it's been great it's been really good well man um it is probably yes definitely our show before Christmas, and today uh, I kind of threw it in your court and I said, hey, what are we going to be talking about today? So why don't you tell us our topic so we can bless these people's ears? Yeah, so kind of the topic is allowing God to work through you, Um, and I think sometimes uh, I struggle with that a lot. Uh, That's something that, you know, personally in in my ministry, I always say, okay, God, how can you use me here? Yeah. And sometimes I argue with him and have different ways of how God can use me. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, but it's kind of similar to the ordinary people, extraordinary things, but not really. Because in this in this type of thing, it's more about allowing God to work through you. Um, and kind of looking at the stories of like Moses and and Mary and Joseph a little bit. You know, probably more Mary and Joseph because it's around Christmas time. But how God used both of them and how there was two people in that story, not just one. And so. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Well, um, I think that's going to be a really great topic for today because here just this past week um, during church, I gave a sermon about, I I entitled it Breaking the Stigma of Blessings and kind of talking about the idea of how we always say blessings are these good things, but honestly, God can be using, you know, not necessarily good things or Mm -hmm. hard things in our opinion to... uh, to kind of, you know, guide us, to, to teach us, to bless us, honestly. So I think those two will tie in really, really well together. So I'm excited. If you guys are listening for the first time, welcome to the Live Bold podcast. And if you're continuing to listen, I do want to thank you guys because you give us time every couple of weeks or whenever you catch an episode, you sit down or you keep on your busy day, but you devote some time 
in your listening time to us. So we really want to thank you for that. And thank you for, you know, giving us this opportunity to just talk to each other and you can listen. And that's cool, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Christian. Well, one thing I kind of wanted to share, and I know this is a little bit weird, but because we're, we're kind of talking about similar topics, I wrote this letter and I want to start this letter or this, this podcast off with this letter I wrote. And I think it'll transition into kind of what you want to talk about and where we want to sure, go, go ahead. Scripture. So before I read this, I want to preface, this is a fictional letter. Okay. And I, I, as I presented it on Sunday, I said, I found this letter after we were cleaning up from our Christmas party and I want to read it to you guys, but it is a fictional letter. All right. It says, dear Harold, you breathed your first breath on May 2nd, 1996 at 1 AM and 29 seconds crying loudly yet wonderfully made. My child, I am thankful that all of my children are taking time out of their lives to dwell upon gifts that are freely given. Such things I have embraced from day one, or beginning as I spoke it. Gifts, or as when they come from me, maybe more appropriately, blessings. It is one of my greatest joys to give you these blessings. And because you let my spirit live in you, I'll bless you continually, not exclusively on a man-made holiday. But since my world has focused on gifts and blessings in this season, I too would like to do the same, my child. Let me share with you just a few of the many blessings that I have transpired in your life this far. The blessing of family, the blessings of safety, comfort, love the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of loss, suffering, pain, sickness, depression, anxiety, frustration, anger, and evil, and the greatest blessing I've ever given, murder, the murder of my beloved son. Child, I am continually blessing you, and I'm grateful when you thank me for the blessings you see or those that you wish to acknowledge. But my child, do not dismiss blessings that I give you that bring anguish. I have purposely given you those to raise you up. My child, now is the time for you to break your own stigma about blessings. Season's greetings, LOL, your father. (laughs) But the reason I kind of wrote that, and I'll let you take it from here in a second here, Christian, but the reason I wrote that is because Uh, transitioning right into what we're talking about is we'll think about blessings a lot of times as just good things that God gives us. But sometimes he uses interesting or non-human great things. He uses bad things in our opinion to form us, to build us and to bless us. And some of those examples are kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, that was awesome. Did you write that? I did, yeah. It was my that's awesome. Harold. It was my like favorite it. part of the whole uh, whole sermon. You know, there was Bible nice, and nice. stuff too, but <laughs> no, I like that. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. So you know, a little bit about that idea of God using you know situations where we think it's not a blessing, absolutely to bless us. I think of you know sometimes we forget certain people in the Christmas story, um, yeah. and I. Recently, um, at church, our minister over here, Michael, has been doing a series called um, Neglected Christmas Heroes, Ooh. which is pretty cool. I like that. Um, and 
he talked about uh, Zacharias and, and the birth of John the Baptist because, mm-hmm. you know, John the Baptist is part of the Christmas story. He uh, really, he was proclaiming, hey, there's going to be a Messiah coming and yeah. he's going to be here, you know. And there's two miracles that happen here a little bit. And I kind of want to read a little bit about that, about John the Baptist, and then yeah, and then read a little bit about Mary and Elizabeth here. So Yeah, John the Baptist um, I'm going to start. Yeah, he is great. I'm going to start in Luke chapter 1, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, all right. In the days of the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abelijah. Oh, my goodness. Abelijah. There we go. Wow. wow and he had a wife. From and this is a tough name. <laughs> he had a wife from the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all commandments and requiring in requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. So right there, there's already a mountain that they got to climb. Right? right, right there, there's already a, a, a unforeseen blessing um, that is about to happen. Yeah, right there. In, now in it happened. Seven. <laughs> exactly right there in verse seven. Now it happened that while he was performing his priest, priestly service before God in the appointed order of the division, according to the custom of priestly office, he chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And it goes on and says the angel of, of the Lord appeared to him and Zacharias was troubled and he saw the angel and fear gripped him. And the angel said, do not be afraid, Zacharias. You know, we talked about this a lot, but angels always say that. <laughs> yes. Do not be afraid. You know, yes. like and they must be scary looking. <laughs> when we we'll talk about Mary or and Joseph both here in a second, but like yes, they say that every time and it's it's so funny. My wife and I joke about this all the time. Uh Courtney and I joke about because you know, we have <laughs> the description of of an angel, not of all angels, but of an angel and you know, having all the the different eyes and the wings and all of that and like yeah, that would be scary if you had this <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> jumble of eyes and wings um but yeah they're they're mighty they're they're very they powerful and so do not be afraid makes sense very that's mighty. right <laughs> anyway continuing just thought that was interesting yes for your petition has been heard and your wife elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name john you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at the birth at his birth for he will be great in the sight of the lord and he will Drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. While yet in his mother's womb. That's a key, too. I think we miss out a lot on. Yeah, from. And he will turn. From before yeah, go ahead. birth. From before birth, he's filled with the Holy from Spirit. From before birth, he had. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, God is planning this as a blessing for them, Absolutely. even though in the midst of it, they're like, why can't we bear a child? And so <laughs> when you look at this story, and I guess I'll go ahead and stop there because the rest of it's kind of. Well, he says. Verse 16, he says he'll be the forerunner, or verse 17, rather. He says he'll be the forerunner for, for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up is because sometimes, you know, we are, we, we are very focused on, on Mary and, and Jesus. And we leave out people like Zacharias and Elizabeth, and we leave out Joseph. <laughs> and the reason I bring up Joseph is, we turn over to Matthew chapter 1 here. I want to read a little bit about Joseph. Is I think sometimes we don't think about the sacrifice that he made. Yeah. When it came to taking Mary as his wife, and I talked about it a little bit earlier, um, Joseph was considered what was called a, a sadiq, or um, I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right. It's a Hebrew word, but it's called sadiq, which means a righteous man. Okay. And so he, Joseph was put into this this thing right away that he has to live up to an expectation. Yeah. 
because he's built that reputation for himself. Uh, and I was teaching in the teen class um, a little bit about the idea that, you know, and I think I've mentioned this before, but that Joseph, Joseph lost a reputation but gained an identity. Hmm. Um, and, and I love that, that idea of phrasing it that way. Um, and so I'm going to go, anyway, all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and, and read a little bit about Joseph here, and then okay. we'll talk a little bit about him afterwards. Yeah, sounds good. Now the, now, the birth of Christ Jesus was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That right there is very important. It's that verse because yep. betrothal is so much more deeper than an engagement. Um, it's basically the same thing, but in a patrol in a betrothal, oh, that's a tough word to say. Um, in a betrothal, when you're betrothed to someone, you are you are meant to be. That word literally means meant to be, or mean means to be. Um, you're meant to be with this person, and so. Joseph would have grown up, and they kind of brought this up in the last sermon Sunday. Joseph would have grown up. He probably would have known Mary. Okay. Probably would have known him when they were younger. They probably would be, you know, playing in the streets. So that gives a bigger picture to what um, betrothal was in Israelite culture. Yeah, more than just in Jewish culture. The promise factor is still there for us today with engagement. But the the promise extends so much further here, if if that makes any sense. The promise has been... um, Mm -hmm for a longer period of time that these two will are forming together to become one in marriage, but it's, it's over exactly. years. Thank it's you. over years. <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. It's yeah, made no, that a lot easier. Um, <laughs> and Joseph, her husband being a righteous man. So here again, Joseph being a Sadiq, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her plan to send her away secretly. That's kind of important mm. too. Yes. very. Because good. Joseph, Joseph had, in the option and in Jewish culture, if someone was found to be with child before marriage out of wedlock, um, there was different rules behind that. And it's kind of interesting. The rules I'll go into a little bit about, it. I don't want to go too deep into it, but basically you stone someone for that. Yep. That's exactly what and I said if, when I talked about this too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get into your <laughs> so, well, uh, part of the thing here a little bit, but go ahead. It, yeah. And that's, it's okay. Uh, just, just thinking about this, as, as I read this, you know, we, we, we understand the implications a little bit because in our culture, it's, it's a bit dishonorable, you know, from Joseph's perspective, if you're even, let's just put it in today's culture. If your fiance, it, you know, becomes pregnant, you automatically assume that she is messing around on you. You automatically know that, oh, well, this isn't mine. It must be someone else's, right? <clears throat> Joseph had that um, in his brain as well. But it is interesting yeah. when we read here in Matthew, um, it's more culturally than that because he could he could put her away to death. And But it yeah. says here that he, he decided that he was going to honorably put her away and quietly yeah. divorce her. He was still mm-hmm. going to divorce her, but he was still going to be uh, culturally making this very small and, and belittling yeah. it as much as he could in order to not hurt Mary. So he had already decided... Right. That this, even though this child was definitely not his, and he thinks Mary definitely was unfaithful, he was still going to be a bigger man. But Mm. that's not where it stops. I'll let you keep reading. All right. Joseph was given Mary a chance to start over, really, Mm. is what that was all about. A chance to go somewhere else and, you know, lead a new life. Literally um, to keep living (laughs) instead of the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, literally. All right. I'll keep reading here. Um, But... There is a but. <laughs> and it's a good but. Um, 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> but when he planned, when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So before even Joseph was all the way done with his thought process, you know, Joseph is, is considering this all day probably, and he gets visited in a dream. And he says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Oh, there it is. Here it is again. <laughs> <laughs> to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken with the Lord through the prophets, that they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. <clears throat> and this is important, verse 24 here. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so J Joseph really... He is a very inspiring character within the Christmas story to me. Yeah. Within the story of the birth of Jesus. Because he had, really, he had, he had three options here, right? He could have went to the, to the Sanhedrin, to the, you know, yeah. to the Pharisees and say, hey, look what's happening. Like, you need to, you need to, got to take care of this. She kind of is not doing very well. Let's go downtown um, and throw stones. Let, let's go downtown and throw some stones, right? Yep. Or two... He could have just divorced her and send her away secretly like he was doing. That's what he's And the planning. third option was risk his reputation. Absolutely. To take Mary and, and flee, basically. Flee to a place where Jesus can be born safely. And to me, if, if Joseph didn't understand that sacrifice in the moment the angel was talking to him, he definitely understood afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and <clears throat> to me, it's really cool that to use the idea that Joseph gave up his reputation of being a Sadiq. Wrist, wrist people viewing him as a member of the Amha Aretz, which was people who were lazy. They didn't tithe. They didn't go to the temple. You know, these are your guys that are like, wow, he's a bad Jew. Like, it, you're yeah. like, this guy's a bad Jewish person. Um, and so Joseph was risking that, risking mm -hmm. his whole reputation to say, okay, you know, I was visited by an angel. This is good. And it's also kind of her her heretical of him too, because, you know, he, his son is the son of God. And to the Jewish people, they're probably thinking, what is this guy on? Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah, what do you think? Because you know, and the so, Jews, yeah, even until uh, the Jews, even <clears throat> while Jesus was living and to this day, depending on, you know, what uh, group of Judaism you're in, do not, you never, ever saw Mary, Joseph and, and the son that they had Jesus right. as the son of God. And so right. it's like, Yeah. I just wanted to say, I think it's so yeah, easy to read, you know, Mary's account in Luke or um, Joseph's account here in Matthew. And because of our culture, knowing the Christmas story so much and because of, you know, the amount of Christianity that's in our culture is awesome. But we just read this story and we're just like, oh, yeah, that's that's the Christmas story. Like, no big right. deal. It's, just, it's right. Jesus, Jesus. But if you think about it, like this is huge can you imagine yeah, it's a big deal what, uh, what joseph this is from matthew uh, what what uh christian just read here in chapter one joseph son of david do not fear take mary as your wife that which is conceived in her is from the holy spirit what <laughs> like what would you do if you were joseph <laughs> What does if that I was even, Joseph, I would be questioning a What lot. does that even mean, you know? like Yeah, exactly. Does he, I mean, the Holy Spirit is, 
not something super familiar with, but he knows it's of God. And he's like, what is he, what does that mean? Like, how can you even wrap your head around that? Right. But he does enough to follow the will of God, whether he has it completely figured out or not. (laughs) Exactly. And another important tidbit to put up is, is there's nothing special about Joseph or Mary. If you think about it, Joseph's a carpenter. Yeah. And it was really hard to be a good carpenter back in the day. Like you had a lot of carpenters who were, I say back in the day, but 2000, anyway. <laughs> yeah, back um, in the day. But like, <laughs> but like, it was hard to be good at that. Uh, and if you were good at that um, that job, then you had a real chance to make it big. Joseph had a chance to make it big with carpentry. He was a good carpenter. He was a righteous, good man that the Lord saw favor in. It's not like he was Michael Jordan or something. Like this guy was, <laughs> he was an ordinary carpenter. It would be like if, you went out and you made a basketball team and you were looking for the top players. You might think, hey, I want LeBron James. I want, you know, Michael Jordan. I want any of these guys that are real good. And you go out and pick up me who's wrestled my whole life, right? Or something like that. You, you pick up someone who man. you don't think is, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I pretend like I am and play intramurals. But anyway, um, the point is, <laughs> is that God specifically was chosen people that you thought, again, yeah. were unqualified. And he works through them. And the thing is that Joseph allowed God to work through him. Yes. He could have easily, yes. he could have easily not allowed God to work through him. Same with Mary. Mary is 15 years old. She is a young girl. Like, you let that soak in for a second. And you're like, yeah. in our culture, that's like, what? Like, oh my goodness. But she was allowing God to work through her too, especially in her song, in Mary's song, where she's like, my soul magnifies the Lord. Lord, you know, she, he has found favor in me. That's like, that's well, crazy. <laughs> let's, let's hop over to Mary for a second. I'm going to, I'm going to take yeah. cruises here Go ahead. for a second, but you know, oh, when I perfect. was, when I was working through this last week and, and delivering it on Sunday, I was like, you know, what are Mary and Joseph experiencing? Well, you know, there's, right. there, there's trials up ahead. There's frustration. There's that anxiety. Can you imagine the pain and the betrayal on Joseph's side? But because... No because they they allowed they allowed themselves to step back and they allowed to see uh you know take these hard situations and and change the perspective to God they can see it as blessings yeah. and they can use it and that's exactly what mm. both Mary and Joseph did so let's read Mary's account a little bit here if that's cool with you um let's go to Luke yeah, perfect. Luke chapter 1 and we'll start <clears throat> in verse 26 for Mary Luke chapter 1 verse 26 I'll read out of the ESV In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to Mary, uh, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might even be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? 
And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child will be born and be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and in the sixth month with her who is called barren. Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I'll go ahead and stop there. That's the end of verse 38. But we see Elizabeth, which is uh, the wife of Zechariah that uh, Christian was just talking about here a second ago. But we see Mary's perspective as well. She is frightened Mm -hmm. and scared and has no idea what to do with this. And she says, how can this even be? But... She, she works it through. She says, I'm not, ma- I'm not yet married. I'm going to be a virgin. How am I going to have a baby? And that baby is going to be the son of God. And then she works through all the things we talked about, right? This could be seriously deadly for her. Not only does, does Joseph have every right to divorce her, like we just read he was planning to do, but also cast her out, stone her to death. But it's, Christian just said, just a few more verses later, In verse 46, Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God forever. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. There's more to that, you know, prayer in that song. But basically, Mary is saying, Yes, God, I follow you and you are holy. I bow down and I will do what you have to say. Incredible stuff both for Mary and Joseph, just saying, all right, these terribly hard things, I'm going to let them be in God's hands. I'm going to give it to him. And the perspective is, yes, I will be blessed by this. So will lots of people in the case of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just Joseph and Mary, both of their perspective is incredibly, incredibly awesome. And you know what? It's cool that they... Go ahead. It's not just for Mary and Joseph either. I think this is something we should have. It's not. Well, and we can learn from it. I was just going to say that. Like, you know, Mary and Joseph, they were facing everything um, in our, and we'd put it in our modern society, that they would face people who were going to start talking. They were going to start saying, oh, did you see what Mary did? Like, oh my goodness. What a a terrible Mm -hmm. person. You know, they were going to start talking. They would not say nice nice things about him. Joseph would lose his reputation. Mary would definitely lose her reputation. And Mary would, at that point, become an ineligible person to marry someone because Mm -hmm. in Jewish culture, that was a big no-no. Like, they would start saying, well, no, you're you're out of luck. Like, good luck, you know? Like, and, Hmm. and I think we can learn from that because they risked that. They, they did everything they could and they allowed God to work through them. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes I feel like we're scared of what other people are going to think about our Christianity, about how we approach our lives as Christians. That we don't want to do things because it sets us apart. We don't like to be set apart. Society teaches us from very young that it's weird to be set apart. And really, the Scripture tells you, be a peculiar person. Yeah, you know, we're supposed to be out of this world, you know. And so it. I first think we Peter, can learn so much by yeah. First Peter two nine is that verse right there. First Peter something yeah right two nine yeah. Yep. And I think so much we can learn from Mary and Joseph because they risked everything to bring us the greatest gift that we have ever, ever and ever will be able to receive. Absolutely yeah. 
Absolutely. It's it's incredible. I mean, right now it's hard to not think about Mary and Joseph because, I mean, it's the season. We think about the birth of Christ, whether or not, we talked about this last episode, whether or not that this is the time that Christ was born. By the way, Christmas is on a Friday, not a Thursday for everyone who caught me and told me that I said that wrong last episode. I'm sorry. But because it's the season, we think about Mary and Joseph. But this is not the only examples in Scripture where we have like exactly. um, we have this happening. So I know Christian, you had a, at least another one. Yeah. So you know, I, I talk about Moses a little bit and, and his his story with with talking to the burning bush a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, that's very you know that's a very very interesting story because again here we have Moses who is giving every excuse in the book as to why he shouldn't be used giving every excuse in the book as to why God should not use him to bring his people out of Egypt. Yeah. Like literally I, I said it a few <laughs> weeks back. I, I, he, he says it cause I'm an anger. I can say it this way. He says, but I'm, I'm not so good talkers though. God, I'm not very good at the talker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so true though. And like with everything, like I, I'm going to read a little bit about this. Um, just, just to go into it a little bit. Moses said to God here in, in verse 13 of, of chapter 3 of Exodus, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? Who shall I say them? There we go. Is, you know, one question. We start off here, right? He says, What am I supposed to tell them? Mm. You know, who, who sent me? Yeah. And God says, I am who I am. Okay, thanks, God. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> How's that going to help me? You know, right? And he goes on and, and to just fast forward a little bit because he keeps coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. Kind of going to what we were talking about. He says, Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in the past, nor since you have spoken to your servants. Since we've been talking, I've never been eloquent at speaking. Still a bad I've been talker. slow to speech. <laughs> I'm still a bad talker. And the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Really, he just could have ended it there, but he continues. He says, or who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? <laughs> Is it not I, the Lord? It's like a really rhetorical question. I love that there's a hint of sarcasm here, which I oh, love man. so much. i just not saying God is sarcastic, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's obviously got a sense of humor, but I mean, to put this in, right. in different words, I love doing this and some people don't like it, but to put it in the Herald version, right? He's like, Moses is like, I'm not a good talker. And then God's like, you use your mouth for the talking, don't you? Who made the mouth? Who can shut you up? Who can make you talk? Me. <laughs> right? Well, and then, you know, he presses it, right? And he says, please, Lord, you send the message by whomever you will. He's saying, he says, now then go. You know, he, he's giving him some, 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 some confidence, I guess. But then, this, in verse 14, just the, then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses that always makes me laugh a lot because it's like, whoa, dude, you 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 done messed up right now. It's not good. <laughs> the anger burned against him. He says, is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently, and moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You are to speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I, <laughs> I will be your mouth and his mouth. And I will teach you what you are to do. So here, you know, Moses is like, huh, I got God with this one. He can't send me now. And nope. God's like, oh, here you go. Found a mouthpiece for you. Let's go. Like Aaron <laughs> could talk good. We're going to, we're going to speak through Aaron. You know, you want to do it your way. Fine. 
And, and I just, because I think Moses struggled here with allowing God to use him. And I think it's a really good story. Eventually he does allow God to use him mm-hmm. and God uses him for great things. But it took a while. It took answering of questions he had, insecurities he had. We're just like Moses in our walks with Christ. I am just like Moses yeah. with my walk with Christ. Because I think, okay, God, how are you going to use this? Or something, something bad happens like you talked about in the beginning here, you know, the blessings that we don't think are blessings. And we're like, how are you going to use me through this? Like, you know, like really, really questions we ask. And God's saying, hey, look, I'm going to use you. Don't yeah. worry, I got you, fam. You know, like <laughs> he, he uses, and you know, uh, this is probably a saying you've heard before, but he uses imperfect people to to give the perfect yeah. plan, not because it's from us, but yeah. because it's from him. And I talked about that, God. yeah, a couple weeks ago, and it's funny because we didn't even talk about this beforehand. But I one of the examples I give is all throughout Scripture, God has used imperfect people. He's used failures to do great. Mm-hmm things for his kingdom. And the first example I gave was Exodus chapter two through six. God used Moses and Moses. If you think about the whole story of Moses, he was raised in a culture that wasn't even his own because he was, I mean, he was, he was about to be killed as a baby, but he was rescued and raised in Egyptian culture. But then he, Mm -hmm. he murdered an Egyptian because he was ticked off at him basically. And so he had, he had to run from Egypt. He was a fugitive. And that's where we come in to where Christian picked up here in mm-hmm. chapter three. Yeah. He was he was out in the wilderness, you know, running from the law. But yeah. yet God called him to return to the nation of Egypt and to set free his what, people, his Israelite people. Yeah, and what exactly. And what's really cool about that is you know, you talk about Moses growing up in Egyptian culture, he probably has never heard about the Hebrew God. Yeah. No doubt. He grew up learning about Osiris, learning about all these different, you know, the sun God, you know, all these goddesses and gods of of Egypt. And so he grew up in that culture. He was, he probably believed in those gods because he was grown up, taught those cultures way of life. But then he goes out, like you said, you know, gets mad at someone, murders someone, runs away. This guy, like, if you think of someone who's going to go on and deliver God's people from Egypt, (laughs) this is the last. Right. And I mean, the bottom of the fish barrel. (laughs) that you would pick yeah like <laughs> that's that's God still the human uses in us. <laughs> yeah and, and yeah and god uses it and i gave i don't know if you want to hear some more ch- uh, examples too but i gave four i used um sure john chapter four god uses a woman who had a failed marriage seven times yeah. she she messed up yeah. marriage seven times and when jesus speaks to her he says and the one that you are with now is not even your husband saying you're just living with a man because you've messed up marriage seven times. But God used that woman. The way the ESV says it is that woman went back into town and she proclaimed the message and many Samaritans began to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. He used a, a very, very messed up woman in John chapter four in Luke chapter 19. God used the most selfish of people, a rich tax collector named Zacchaeus. But he Mm -hmm. was the one who welcomed Christ into his own home. He was the one who continued to follow Christ after. And the Pharisees had a heyday with that. Yeah, yeah, they did. (laughs) And then, you know, one of our favorite for us Bible scholars is Acts chapter 9. There was a murderer of Christians named Saul. 
And that man would become the one who would preach the gospel throughout the whole region, plant countless churches, write countless letters to the church, building up, correcting, and driving Mm -hmm. Christians to probably what started the church that you and I know today was a murderer of Christians. He had an encounter with God on the road, but before he was a murderer. He God uses imperfect failures of people and hard situations, hard situations to make amazing things happen for his kingdom. Yeah. Sorry for my little rant. No, I really it tied in. No, no, you're good. <laughs> we see it. We see it all the time, and I think that's important to remember, especially you know when we think God, you know, when we are afraid, I guess is the right term, when we're afraid to allow God to work through us, we can look at these characters where we're like, wow, God, you know, you could have picked guys that were a lot easier to use. Probably should have, um, but you didn't, you know, and you you picked the people who you were going to culture a whole yeah. kingdom on. You know, it was the kingdom mentality he had. And you know, it's interesting Um I'm going to give one more example from scripture here too. It's interesting because we think a lot of times whenever things are hard or they're not good, we call them, you know, hardships as if they were curses, as if they were from Satan. But interestingly enough, God sometimes purposely places them. Like mm-hmm. the the example of Job, I'm not going to read everything about Job, But really, you can just read the first two chapters in the last chapter of the book, and you'll get what's happening. But in the first chapter of Job, we learn how blessed this man was. Uh, It says he was the greatest of all of the people in the East. Basically saying he was a rich dude in all of the land. He was one of the richest. He had connections. (laughs) He had connections. He had the goods. He had the family. But then it's interesting. In verse 6 of Job, chapter 1, um, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came along with them. The Lord said to Satan, where have you come? Satan answered. The Lord said, Oh, going to and fro on the earth and walking down upon it. That's what Satan sounds like. And the Lord said to nice, Satan, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the part that got me when I read this. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There's none like him on the earth. He's a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. And Satan said back to the Lord, Does Job fear you, your God, for no reason? Fear you, God, for no reason? Because you put a hedge around him and you basically protected him. So anyway, for the rest of the story of Job, God gives Satan permission to screw with Job, to take away all of his land, yeah. all of his, uh, his, his whole family, except his wife, all of his yeah. children, all of his livestock, everything he has, and he even asks for second permission to go mess with him and give him boils on his skin. Through all of that, God gave permission. God was the one who even brought Job up. And through all of that, yeah. Job kept the attitude he kept the attitude of, God, I will not curse you. I'm waiting to see what mm-hmm. you do with this. Much to the chagrin of his friends and his family. Too. <laughs> his you know, own he his, wife. Yeah, his friends. <laughs> his own wife's like, why don't you just curse God and die already? Because, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> it is really interesting if you just think about it from like a, a zoomed out perspective. We have two chapters, the first chapter and a half, really, of the book of Job is talking about who Job was and what happened to him. Then we have 38 chapters 
of his friends and family saying, Job, just give up and die. (laughs) And then we have 20 verses at the end saying, and Job still honored God. And then uh, God gave him everything he had uh, twice over again. But we have 38 verses of everyone else saying, just give up Job. But Job kept the perspective of saying, no, you know what? God gave me this for a reason. I'm going to keep the perspective of, of how can I serve God, even though it sucks right now. And he kept that perspective. Right? And you could say yeah. that for Moses is, you know, like it takes some doing at times, even though it's not how we envision it as humans, God will use it. Let God use it. It takes work. Oh, yeah. It takes work. That's, you know, that's just, that's part of it. Like allowing God to work through us. It's all about work. It's all about, okay. You know, my hands are tied on this, God. You control this. I'm going to allow you to work through me, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen anyway, so I better. I might as well go along with it. <laughs> and, and the work it takes is like an active, you have to actively fight your own human will. Because what the yeah. human part of you wants to say is, you know, how often do we think this, and it's it's a justifiable thing to think but how often do we think how does god let bad things happen to good people well the simple answer to that is god lets bad things to happen to good people because he is god and he knows what you need but because we're humans it's so so hard to just step out and see the big picture and be like all right i give it to you god even though it's hard right now even though i have to talk even though i have to go back into the land where i'm a wanted fugitive even though all of my family has died, even though I'm going to be a virgin who should be beaten with stones because I'm pregnant. Crazy things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm I mean, sorry. That's all I got to say. on. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sorry. I ranted no, a little good. bit on you, but you're good. But yeah, I think well, you're fine. I think this is just kind of, it's a little bit of a broad topic, but there's so much, and I invite everybody who's listening to kind of like explore this on their own as well. Cause there's so much, mm-hmm. so many examples throughout scripture where God just flips the script on what we would think would be a uh, normal use case <laughs> for people. Yeah. And he says, no, that's yeah. not how I do it. I use imperfect people. I, I use, I make blessings come in the form of hardships. Lots of crazy yeah. things like that. All right, Christian. Well, this is perfect. We're we're coming right to the end of a of a good episode. I feel like. Um, got anything else to say to this? Not much. Just don't be afraid to allow God to use you, because chances are, it'll work out. <laughs> yeah. And fight the human side of yourself, because the human side of yourself is always trying to fight God. If that's if that's right, it's always trying yeah. to be human. I guess is the best way to say it. Human side's going to be human. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so much easier if we exactly. could just be a copy and paste Jesus right out of the box, but we can't. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> we always got to try. We got to try to be as close to that's, him as possible. That's right. Amen. Well, guys, we probably, this is probably one of our last episodes, if not the last episode for the year. 2020 so i mean oh yeah 2021's coming and everything's going to be great all of these people we know that have coronavirus right now will be uh you know it'll be gone right i hope (laughs) (laughs) that's probably not true that's probably not true but anyway we appreciate you guys listening and and coming into the podcast every time you listen to it we are so so thankful for those of us who uh those of you guys who support us 
um, whether it be just listening and telling your friends, sending us comments, or if you support us financially on our uh, backers page on Anchor as well, we want to thank you. Most of all, thank you to all of the listeners. So I also want to give a shout out. We haven't given them one in a little while, but one of our greatest supporters sponsor wise is Ragamuffin Co. You guys can check them out at ragamuffinco.com. They have cool stuff. Christian's ordered from them. I know he has, yeah. but they have the motto of go into all the world, go into all the world and share the gospel, go into the world and explore it. And it's awesome. So thank you guys. Check them out. Use Live Bold 20 at checkout to get 20% off at ragamuffinco.com. You know, Merry Christmas. Have a good new year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I think that's very, very true. Yeah. Okay. Well, (laughs) until next time, everybody, I am Harold. I'm Christian. And we'll see you again right here on the Live Bold Podcast. The Live Bold Podcast is a production of 323 Media.